This is a production of KMmedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... Well, you know, it's a great Friday afternoon, and you know what's happening this weekend, uh, Nathan? What's happening? Well, it's actually not happening the weekend. It's happening right after the weekend, and uh, this would be what we would call, what would we call this weekend? The day where you get to be somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. It's we have Halloween coming up on Monday, and so we've got a very special show for you today. Uh, it, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I, I hope you'll stay with us the entire time because uh, we've got a great uh, gentleman. He's an author, and uh, he's he's with us uh, for the entire hour, and we're going to talk about some um, things. Well, let me let me read a review of his which was, if you like old-fashioned creep-fest stories that with bizarre twists and turns, this anthology is for you. It's an almost nostalgic feel to it, reminiscent of old horror shows like Night Gallery. Remember Night Gallery? You're too young for that, probably, Nathan. Yeah, it doesn't sound familiar to me. Ah, that was like in the 80s. It was a great, I think it was the 80s. It may have been the 70s, but it was a great late night thing that they did on like a Friday night. And and uh, every single story held uh, the, the uh, reviewer spellbound and kept her glued to the pages. The diversity among the pilots is f- fabulous and the script's oozing atmosphere. And the name of the book is called Throwing Shadows, A Dark Collection. And uh, and uh, the author's name is Jerry Roth, and he is with us. Jerry is right there. Jerry, how are you? Great, Kevin. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, Nathan, working in the background there. I'm so yeah. happy to be on your show. We talked yesterday, but I was like, I didn't get enough. I need some more. So thank you for inviting me again. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, we had a great time yesterday, and you can go to positivetalkradio.net, or you can go to... Um, Positive Talk Radio, the YouTube channel, and you can watch um, Jerry and me talk about uh, his book and all of those things. But first, I have something for Nathan. Nathan, I've got I've got two things that I'm going to play for you, or I'm going to tell you about, and I want you to tell me which one is the real thing and which one comes straight from the book. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. The first one is, what happens when you die in your sleep? The answer for this age-old question has become reality for a down-on-his-luck father joined in an experiment for extra cash. He learns more than he ever wanted to know. And the second one is, there's his family of four, and they move to rural Pennsylvania. And in Pennsylvania, there's an old church. And the church has been renovated. The church was built in 1906. It's been renovated, but it has stories. It has lots of stories, cathedral ceilings, and it's got people that have been there, had died there, and the story continues from there. Which one is real and which one is not? I want to say they're both real. I've been to many churches, and everything has, like, a story behind it and cathedrals. There's always so much history. Um, 
But I'm going to have to say the first one is real. That's actually the second one is oh. real. And, and Jerry, Jerry and his family... Uh, he is a he's what would we would call a horror writer or a uh, suspense writer or someone in the in the like uh, a uh, um, um, oh I had his name it was on the tip have you ever done that his name was on the tip of your tongue and then it's Stephen King that's who yeah that was my second book on the tip of her tongue so you you segue perfectly into it so yeah I'm a, I'm I guess you can call me anything I'm a writer is what you can call me but uh, yeah I do live in a 1908 catholic church if you believe it or not so there are lots of spirits that are guiding my writing as we speak i can't stop and and so every friday night they have to take communion no i'm kidding no they pay rent they gotta they gotta you know give me some cash for staying in here with us Oh, very nice. Well, it's, you know, I, I can't imagine your na- what your neighbors are saying when you moved in. It's like, this guy writes horror stories, and he moved into a, a church that, I, it's been renovated, so a family can fit there, but right. it it's, uh, was built a long time ago. Yeah, different era altogether. I know we always in in my family we're always comparing things that happened around 1908 when our house was built. You know, the Titanic was close, and you know there people didn't have rights, and so it was a whole different era when my place was built. But the first time I moved in, I remember my neighbor next door. He was very skeptical that somebody would purchase, you know, a church and. Uh, yeah, he found out I was a horror writer, and he was not too pleased. Maybe I was, you know, desecrating something special to him. But he said, so your first book, you're writing about the devil, and you've brought your family into a place of holiness. What are you thinking? So it was, it's, a, it's definitely, you know, I raised some eyebrows moving into the community. What to, what even motivated you to do that? Was that was that just you just saw it and and you guys felt? I know your wife. Uh, I asked you yesterday, and your wife yeah. was real thrilled with it as well. So was it something that you just kind of fell in love with? I mean, you know, it's it's in a rural area, and the amount of the amount of real estate that we have and space inside the home is outrageous. Probably looking back, you know, I had to heat that. I didn't think that one through completely but um i was thinking more about the inspirational part like you know what kind of writing could i do in a place so grand and maybe at night so spooky now does it have uh you know fireplaces and stuff in it oh yeah they have a wood burning stove in here and we use that you know we kind of save on the bills by heating that up a little bit but uh um yeah i mean you know we don't even try like most people i i'm sure i have friends who come over and they're like yeah we have ours pinned at 80 degrees or 75 yeah we're we're not trying to do that in our place we're like yeah you know 65 is warm enough so we have halloween coming up mm-hmm. now have you been have you been there more than a year have you experienced yeah. more than one halloween there oh uh, this is going to be our second halloween did anybody show up the first Halloween for candy? <laughs> no, I think they were too frightened. I got to put a sign out this year, see if I can gather some, you know, stragglers after Halloween to come visit. Maybe I'll give them a, a big treat. <laughs> that would be that would be interesting. So, uh, so again, Jerry Roth is is with us. He's got a book out that just came out now, and it's called Throwing Shadows: A Dark 
collection. It's actually a collection of nine different stories, and uh, each one is a short story, and they're all really good and and uh, very interesting w- ways of of you creating uh, the writing that you do. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's uh, I like I said yesterday, it's a labor of love. Just you know, creating. Uh, nine different stories, you know, you're you're trying to satisfy everybody's taste with one book and it's there's the challenge in it. But my goal was just to scare people. So that was maybe the effort that I put it all together. Um, but, you know, the overarching theme that I have for the book is just kind of overcoming your fear. You know, a lot of the characters are grounded in real life. But I wanted you to read it and say, you know what, I can relate to this character. And, you know, they faced a challenge and a fearful. Now, whether they survived the challenge, that's a whole different story for the book. But, you know, they've all had to face a challenge of fear and overcome it. I wanted to put a little spin of something positive about it. So you'll you'll learn about, you know, parents and children and friends and family who are under some extreme situations. And these are not, and I want to be clear here, these are not particularly what you would call slasher novels or they're not they're not grotesque in in really any way they're they're more psychological in nature is that would that be fair absolutely yeah i mean i my first book i wrote i I use a lot of graphic detail with it because it was more horror based but this one i would say is more is more creepy it gives you a great atmosphere i wanted to build uh attention and atmosphere and then maybe uh maybe some surprises at the end of some of them so you can kind of you know, you work along with the character and then you're like shocked. Maybe sometimes the, the rug is pulled out from under you, but all at the same time, trying to give you some scares. Now, by the way, since this is a live program and you can always uh, call us and talk to Jerry about his writing style or how he got into this, or if you are interested in being a writer, how can you take go to the next step? And we'd be happy to talk to you about that today. So if you want to give us a call, Nathan, how do they get a hold of us? Just give us a call at 425-373-5527. We also have a toll-free phone line at one 298 Five five six nine. So if um, if creepy stuff is your ba- bailiwick and you really would like to find out more about it, I can't think of a better author to have on the show. And and I know this is Positive Talk Radio, and people are going, "What is Positive Talk Radio? What are you doing?" But you see, he is a very gifted writer in what he does, and uh, and it doesn't matter what the genre is; it's still he's a gifted a gifted writer, and and it's important for us to to talk about. Uh, all of that. Then he puts a positive spin on a lot of it as well. Don't you? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I don't want people to think that, um, you know, th- every kind of writing, even horror, you know, it, it, there's a whole broad spectrum of what you're going to find. And, and this one, this book personally, I don't feel it's going to, you know, go over the edge with boundaries of something grotesque that you couldn't read or, you know, it's it's nothing like that. It's more of something. It's more of something to put you in a great mood and an atmosphere for the holiday season. These are the times where people they turn to scary movies or haunted hayrides, and I think this book will kind of fit in perfectly with that kind of mindset. If you want to pick up something and maybe give yourself some some shivers during this Halloween season. You know, I mentioned to Nathan uh, the story about the family of four that moved into an 
old rickety church. <laughs> Have you thought about using that premise to, for a short story? Uh, yeah, actually, you know what? I, I, I won't say that I haven't thought of it for a short story, but I'm currently writing right now a book based on my house as the setting. So two people move in and, you know, some crazy things happen. Um, it's definitely a more of an adult kind of book that's going to that was going to be. But uh, the title of that book is going to be A Ghost from a Yard Cell. And the premise is that a person moves into this house and they go to a yard sale and pick up a one of those baby monitors for their new pet you know something they do and when they do they bring along a ghost with them so to this house that i live in so i hope i don't bring any good bad karma to my home by starting this story but that's going to be uh the start of it now do you have obviously done a lot of research in in the in the books that you've written and the kind of genre that you are in does the research that you've done um in the indicate really that anything like this is real i mean like are spirits real or ghosts happening or anything like that there's there's a guy that's on kknw quite a little bit his name is uh, matthew shea and he likes to go to haunted houses or haunted places of business in the, in the area and then he gets stories from that do you get stories like that or do you are they created directly from your mind Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, most of the time, everything is sort of, you know, we're, we're creatures of input. So everything that we've learned our entire life, any experiences, movies, um, you know, we take in and sort of regurgitate for books and I do the same thing. But I always feel like, you know, your belief in something spiritual is, is so personal, like falling in love and everything. Everybody has a different take on it. It's always different for each person. But, you know, uh, my belief's not going to be the same as your belief. But, you know, there are too many things out there that I seen and heard that I just can't say, you know, I don't believe. So I always kind of say, yeah, maybe. And when I write to that, I open up the door of possibility. Have you ever had at the church that you're living in, have right. you ever had a experience that you cannot <laughs> explain? Um. I would not lie to you. I've had a lot of experiences. Even last night, me and my son were just watching TV and we have a second floor, you know, that's above us, you know, before you get to the cathedral ceiling, um, just an art space and uh, an arcade we have set up there. And we were watching TV and we hear footsteps and we think it's our dog that's gone up there and the dog is sitting right next to us. So we're thinking, okay, um, does anybody want to check on that? And we just turn up the volume of the TV. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then go to bed and have a nice quiet evening in bed and lock our doors <laughs> which means nothing if it's a spirit because it can go right through the door oh man you just ruined my buffer now now i'm gonna be worried <laughs> well but you know the thing is they can't they can't hurt you and most of the time they are they're benevolent and, yes and uh they just haven't found their way to the other side yet Benign creatures, yes. We, we we have had some experiences, for sure. We it's a big house, so you you could be on one end of the house and hear talking all the time, and there would be nobody in the house but us, and we'll hear talking, and we call it you know, we call it our friends that live with us, so they haven't heard us yet. But uh, I, I'm not sure there's a lot of people that would, under no circumstances, want to live in a place where they thought spirits lived. But you know. 
obviously I'm a horror writer and we come from a different cloth. So we kind of take it in stride. Well, and they, and they like living with you because they know that about you. So, so they feel comfortable and safe. And they'll say, Hey, I wrote that part. He said, you know, I put that in his head. So they're getting, they're getting credit on my copyright. By the way, how, how many square feet is the uh, church? Well, on one floor, we have 2,700, but we have a second floor, so I guess double that. Wow. What's on the second floor? Oh, the, the, the original owners, after it became a church, they built additions. But when they built additions to the room, they you know couldn't obviously build a, a, a cathedral that's so high. So they just put railings and made uh, made rooms on top of the rooms they had, which is kind of interesting. Now, do the priests live there? They did at one time, I believe, because there was a kitchen in the back, a servant's, I, I guess you would call it a servant's quarter. Um, so they, they, I think, I'm sure the priest, he he probably lived there maybe with his close, close I guess, people who, who worked with him. Now, have you done any research on the uh, uh, the church itself to to see if there was any, and, and how did it cease to become a church? I thought, I always thought that, especially the Catholic church, that right. that once it's a Catholic church, it's always a Catholic church. Yeah, I mean, that's, that was my experience as well. Um, I, I think that it, what they did was they built a newer one somewhere far off. Usually that's what happens with churches. Right. You know, they get so old, they'll build another one and they'll move their congregation to that area. But I mean, even to this day, uh, I mean, I it's a small community and at least once every month, somebody will, will say, oh, you live in a church. We got married there. So I haven't heard anybody say, well, that church, I, you know, my had my funeral there. So I don't want to hear any of those stories yet. <laughs> well, it's because you live there and, right. uh, and, and with your family and your kids, you have a couple of teenagers right. and I imagine when they go to school, it's like that, that's a real story that they get to tell. Absolutely. I, I, you know, it's a, it's, it's something interesting and something to brag about that you live in a church, you know, we're, we're a little isolated. So, uh, it's probably, they probably wish they were in a big city with, you know, a bunch of people close by, but. They, they take it they take it all in stride so now you live in the church and then you've got a lot of land around it is it all flat so that so the, like if you were taking it in from a camera angle from from far away it would be right. it would just be uh standalone building all by itself uh, you know it, it actually slopes down into we have three acres of a wooded lot so we have a dark scary forest <laughs> right next to our church oh my goodness gracious you know that <laughs> i could come up with a whole bunch of really dark things like the the cemetery that is out in back that it, <laughs> or or stuff like that but right. in any event uh, by the way we're talking with jerry roth if you want to find out more about him if you want to get the book throwing shadows uh how do they do that jerry uh you can get it in several ways you can uh, it's on amazon of course like most books are but you can get it from my wonderful publisher bridget's gate press uh, you can go to their website or and you know at time from time to time i will sign copies if you want to go on my website and check it out it's jerryrothauthor.com and you can see all about me find out what's up and uh see more uh, so you'll sign a copy for somebody if they if they go in and ask for it 
Absolutely. You know, I, I, I am, I am at, I'm definitely at the stage of my career where I would not, I am not going to hide behind, uh, you know, a, a wall and say, I am not going to sign. I'll sign whatever you want. Well, and the cool thing is you also were a screenwriter before you did this. Um, and you, and you did screenwriting and you actually had one that was almost published and, but was not quite published. Right. It was, yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was, it was almost uh, purchased for a, a film. Um, it, uh, it was a, it was one of my first as actually maybe possibly my second screenplay that I ever wrote. Um, that's kind of my entering into the writing profession. And I wrote it a suspense. Um, in my mind, it was sort of a, a fan fiction of seven. If you've ever seen the movie seven, I thought, what? how cool would it be to see a prequel um, you know, with Morgan Freeman's character in it. And what would happen if he was on another case? So, and, you know, it won many awards and almost optioned off to, to make into a film. But I got a lot of, uh, I got a lot of notes back to change it. And I was at the point in my career where I just, I wasn't ready to kind of give up that control yet. So I had to pass. Oh, I, I, it would be awesome to work with Morgan Freeman and, and to develop a character for him and all of that. That would be, that would be just really special. Now, is there a difference between writing style between a uh, screenwriter or, and an author? Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, when, you know, really when you do screenplays, brevity is what your best friend is because you really don't have very much space to get your point across. So, you know, you're going to you're going to use as many, you know, uh, descriptive words as you can, but in a small little you know, uh, area. So you have to use your words, you know, wisely and carefully. I think that's why I kind of moved away from screenplays. I just wanted that freedom to just express myself in books. Now, is it also like you when you're doing a screenplay? You're setting up. It's like it's like a regular play. You're setting up the blocking Absolutely. and what, what's happening within the framework of the shot and all that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, if you look at a screenplay, it's really dry. You know, you're saying location and you're saying, you know, words like fade in, and you're you're giving a, a, a brief, you know, summary of what you're looking at. But you know, dialogue is really is what pushing and driving your screenplays. So you you are, you know, in some ways people love that, you know, they don't have to, you know, flourish everything on a page. They want to be able to give the scene and, and let the director make up his mind uh, on his vision of the movie. You know, it was, it was interesting yesterday that we, when we were talking, and by the way, you can go on positivetalkradio.net and you can listen to that entire interview. We were talking about a young gal that is a writer, and I had no idea that you actually knew who she was or is. She's, four, she's 14 years old. Her name is Shanty, and she's got like 9 or 12 or 14 books that are published now. 16. The, the, oh, she's 16? The girl is prolific. I, I, I'm totally impressed with her. Um, I, I don't know what I would give to be um, that together as a 14 year old and doing anything, not just writing, but, you know, writing is, is, you know, for, even for me, it's challenging. I uh, can imagine doing it at 14 and just being able to, you know, put that many words on paper. And she was telling me the last time I interviewed her that she could write as much as 2000 words an hour. 
Oh my gosh. That's that, a lot, isn't it? That's incredible. That is incredible. I mean, that's that's dream of conscience writing right there. That's just putting all of your your mind and energy onto a paper, just letting it flow. So uh, kudos to her. And I'm really proud of her. You know, I, I try to watch all the, the new writers as they're coming up. And uh, she is definitely one to watch. Imagine 16 at her young age. You know, when she's my age, she's going to be uh, a terrific, terrific writer. One of her books is 800 pages long. Wow. It was it was amazing. It was three inches thick. It was amazing to me. And it's a science fiction book. Oh, um, it, it was amazing. So where, how did you meet her? Did you, you just follow the, the new writers? Yeah, I just follow new writers. We haven't met personally, but um, yeah, I keep, you know, I've been, you know, watching some of these writers come up and, and uh, she's definitely on your radar. How could she not be? She's like, it's, she's incredible. Yeah, indeed. So when we we need to take a break, but when we come back, I want to talk to, with you about your writing style. Where do the words come from? Where do the thoughts? Where do the ideas? Where the conceptually? Where does all of this come from in your brain? And how does it go from your brain to the paper? And then all of the, that whole process of how it works. Can we talk about that? You got it. Awesome. Uh, Nathan, we're going to be right back. I, and I've got the commercials all lined up for me to play. And uh, and we will be uh, right back. You're listening to Positive Talk Radio right here on KKNW, 1150 AM. Hey there. I'm excited that you're listening right now. And if you like what we're doing here, you're going to love PositiveTalkRadio.net. On PositiveTalkRadio.net, each show, which is recorded live, is packed with positive information with real people discussing real issues and positive solutions that can work for everyone. I hope that you'll join us on PositiveTalkRadio.net and listen to all 340-plus shows. I think it's worth your time. But then, that's just me. That's PositiveTalkRadio.net, your home for great progressive positive podcasts. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. Now through New Year's Eve, here's your exclusive bonus for being our appreciated listener. Type in promo code Positive Talk Radio at checkout to receive $20 off your order. Our gift to you for being here with us today. anaturaldesign.com. These days, it's difficult to be able to do it all, especially as a small business owner. Marketing your business can be really tough, especially developing a presence on social media, creating commercial content, and media production. That's where KMmedia.pro can help. You see, in addition to creating a great podcast called Positive Talk Radio, we also have a radio show, video, audio production, content creation, including commercials, video shorts and trailers, voiceovers, social media development, and so much more. It only makes sense to hire a pro to get your business notice. That's what we do. Please visit kmmedia.pro for more information and to schedule a consultation to take your business dream to the next level. That's kmmedia.pro. Yes, we can.
And welcome back, everybody, to Positive Talk Radio right here on KKNW 1150 AM. I hope that everybody is, is going to have a great weekend and enjoy Halloween and all of its festivities. And so, by the way, Nathan, I wanted to ask you, um, do you have a question for uh, Jerry that, or any thought that you'd like to pass along? Uh, not now, but I feel like we can use something to get us in a little bit of that Halloween spirit. Perfect, perfect. And that sounds like, oh, I got to ask you, in the church that you live in, is there still a um, organ there? No, there's not. We had, do have a bell tower, though. So and my kids, my kids will ring the bell on every uh, every holiday. So and and we have uh, I have a stepson, and he every time he comes to visit us, he'll ring that bell to let the my my children know that he's arrived. So they get a kick out of it. There's not a guy with a humpback that lives up there, is there? Well, we haven't cleared out everything yet, so there could be. <laughs> We're working on that. So I got I got to ask you because I'm fascinated with the process because sure. people like you are able to write and, and my favorite example of this is the songwriter and you may have heard of him before mm-hmm. his name is uh, Sir Paul McCartney and he he was yeah he was asleep and he woke up and he had yesterday in his head Right. The complete song yesterday in his head, and it, he doesn't know where it came from. Nobody else knows where it came from. Does writing happen that way for you? Is it inspired? Does it just come through you? How does how does it work for you? Yeah, it's mostly like an exorcism. No, I you know I, I I'm a person who has trouble sleeping, so I have insomnia, which is you know the dreaded word for for uh, I can't go to bed. Um, but when I do, after an exhausted night, I will usually have a lot of dreams, and sometimes they're not so pretty. And the first thing I do is I wake up and I try to jot them down or remember them, and they are sometimes the kernel of of books that I'm writing. So I take inspiration from everywhere, but definitely I've had a, quite a few uh, dreams that have turned into stories. I, I'm curious to know how how somebody could how you get so many dark ideas, and right. do you do you have positive ideas as well that you just are saving for another lifetime or another uh, incarnation <laughs> of yourself? You know, I you know I guess that there's always every person is a half full or half empty kind of person, and I guess I would be leaning towards the half empty. You know, I, I think like you mentioned Paul McCartney and John Lennon, they were the same way. You know, two sides of the same coin. Paul McCartney was always would write a lyric that was so positive and and John Lennon who maybe had a little harder life would always you know in put in some things that weren't so pretty weren't so nice a little darker and I think I maybe lean towards the darker things in life just because they interest me not because I've had that horrible of a, of, of, a, of childhood or anything but uh, I've always been attracted to um, the the scary things in life you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because Paul McCartney mentioned that very thing. He said one time, you know, they were writing a book, uh, writing a song, and his his line was, uh, it's getting better all the time. And John's line was, couldn't get much worse. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, I think that's what drew to me. I When I was a young teenager, uh, 
you know, John Lennon was like my idol. I loved listening to him and I didn't care so much for Paul McCartney, but as I've gotten older, I realize, you know, I've, I've warmed up to all the, the, the comfortable lyrics that Paul McCartney does. It's so funny. The evolution of music changes you. It, it does. Now I got to ask you because there are times I remember exactly where I was when John F. Kennedy was, was, uh, assassinated. Right. I remember where I was when Bobby Kennedy and Martin Luther King. Do you remember where you were when you heard that John Lennon had been shot? Uh, yeah, you know, I was in school. I was, I think I was, it was, it uh, was a 1980, right? Correct. So I was in, I was in grade school still. And I remember um, back then they would turn on televisions. I don't know why they thought that was a great idea, but any kind of tragedy, they would put, they would wheel in a TV and we'd watch it. And that was one of those experiences I remember them turning on and we're seeing the new the headline news that that he was he was shot down in front of his apartment. Yeah, it was a that was a horrible experience uh, yeah, for, it was. for the entire country, really. Right. You know, but uh, um, but let's talk more about you and uh, the, the um, current. Now, you, this book came out during this week, did it not? Absolutely. It just came out Tuesday. It's a brand new baby. Uh, hasn't even said its first words yet. So it, it's one of those things where the, the hopefully the world is embracing it and they're excited about something for this season. Well, and the, the name of the book again is Throwing Shadows, a dark collection. But it's not really like one of them is a woman's strength when Sarah, a new wife and mother, invites her mother-in-law. I, I did that one time and I only did that one time and invited my mother <laughs> um, <laughs> to stay with her reality unravels dealing with a lack of sleep and a baby that won't take to breastfeeding. Sarah develops an unhealthy obsession with the farm scarecrow. Now I got to admit that's a little bit farther than I would have taken. I do have no idea how a scarecrow would have come into it. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely that, that I've made sure to try to, I grounded it in reality, but, uh, I wanted to, you know, it's like, what could scare you, but what if you, what if the scarecrow was always right outside your window, watching you sleep, watching your family, watching your brand new baby, you know, what, how would that scare you? And I guess, you know, if, for some people, the thought of a scarecrow anyways, being such a human form might be frightening to them, but I take it a, to the next level in this book. Uh, which is, you'll have to get the book in order to find out what level he goes to uh, <laughs> for that, which is, which is, which is really cool. By the way, uh, uh, Nathan, do you have another song? Another. One of, one of my favorite um, um, Hitchcock movies of all time, Psycho. And uh, would you, how old were you when that? Now, that came out when you were really young, right? Right. Yeah, I, I'm, I was born in the 70s, so um, that was before my time. But I have parents that love, love scary movies and black and white movies. You know, I was born... Um, embracing those the bella lugosi movies and the frankensteins and those old monsters <sighs> absolutely those were like those were the first frightening images i saw was of a of a romanian dracula you know falling in love with his victims <laughs> with them before and then and then killing them i guess i guess yeah, that's how well, it works. I didn't want to add that to this conversation, but yes, he would do that too. <laughs> well, you know what they you know what they call a beautiful young woman in Transylvania? What's that? Lunch. 
<laughs> or a drink or a cocktail <laughs> or a cocktail yeah it's uh and i even got nathan to laugh on that one i think he thought that was totally inappropriate but that's you know that's just me um but uh it's interesting that that you put all that together and you're able to to write all that and and it's 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 awesome so um what's the future hold for you well i'm you know i'm i'm deciding to where my where i want to pull my uh I, I guess I guess my wagon towards and I think I want to just keep writing horror novels I think you know it's a comforting thing for me it's almost like you know uh seeing a therapist in a lot of ways I can I can get all of my uh anger and anxiety and fear and put it all onto a paper and let somebody else deal with it and you're a writer you've got several books out and you're continuing to do that if somebody wants to be a writer but mm -hmm. has got no idea how to start can you give us some ideas on how someone can start and the genre doesn't matter but how could they could start writing yeah i mean I, you know the old the old adage or the advice that people would give back when i was a kid was go to college you'll you know you can you can learn your trade and you can go out and nowadays i say don't go to college for that you know don't waste your money get just start writing every day don't worry about the grammar don't worry about if it's perfect and don't even worry about the editing part just start putting it on paper and you know for anybody who wants to write you have to read widely there's not there's not really too many writers out there who don't read so you gotta especially in the genre that you're excited about writing pick up as many books as you can find a favorite author and you're you'll be surprised how fast your writing improves so if you are like uh, a western writer and you and you go pick up um well i forgot his name but but there there are several western writers that are prolific and they've written a lot of books and so you would kind of not mimic them but right. get an idea of their style of how it works and that kind of thing Absolutely. I mean, I'm not even against mimicking because I, you know, people, you know, when you start learning your own voice, you're copying somebody else right away. And you probably will for the first few years of your writing career because you have no choice but to, um, you know, steal from the best. I'm not saying steal their ideas or steal the work, but you you hear a voice and and you copy that and you you see what's right for you fit it on like a hat and you move on until finally that hat is your own and, and you're not really speaking in somebody else's voice anymore. And I just remember the name of the gentleman, his name is Louis, Louis Lamour. Yes, absolutely. He's a great writer. And one of the books that he wrote now, do you can see, you see this happening with your work. One of the books that he wrote is called Hondo. And that became a movie that John Wayne starred in and uh, became a big hit. This is back in the early, you're in the 60s somewhere. Right. And is that something that you can see that even though you're not writing a screenplay, that somebody could take your book and make it into a movie? I mean, that would be exciting. You know, everybody wants to see their, their I guess, their babies or their children grow up and make it onto the big screen. I mean, that's everybody would love that idea. And, and I think truthfully, a lot of my books kind of lend themselves to movies because I still kind of kept the, the style of a cinematic, you know, uh, narrative when I write. So a lot of the things I, I have would probably make a pretty easy transition, but I just would have to, you know, separate my feelings from it. So I, I just have to say, okay, it's your baby now, please do whatever you want. 
uh, you know, that's the, that's the hard part is, is giving up that control. In any of your books, would you ever uh, have the, 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 the ones that are being, oh, it's, first of all, I got to ask you, why is it that the girls are the ones that always fall down? <laughs> Everybody loves a damsel in distress, right? There's always yeah. somebody that you want to protect or save or help along the way. Um, but, you know, I see a lot of these movies now, and uh, I think the women are helping the men a lot more in a lot of the films I'm watching. So I think we're seeing a lot of reversal. Yeah, but in, in any of your books, does anybody hide behind the chainsaws? <laughs> Just the dumb ones. But no, no, I I wouldn't do that. I'm referencing a commercial yeah. that's out there right it's now. A great one. Yeah, it really is. But uh, um, but they can't get into the running car. What are you crazy? <laughs> I still love the, the the scene where the right after they get in there and are talking amongst themselves, and the serial killer rolls his eyes at the dumb teenagers. That's you know, there's nothing better than that. That was a perfect part. Yes, indeed. And uh, by the way, have you watched some of the horror movies, some of the slasher movies that are out there, like uh, Holly or um, uh, Halloween um, number three hundred thirty nine? The new one is uh, Halloween Inn. So, you know, I some of them are hit or miss. You know, you always love the originals. It's hard to it's hard to enjoy the sequels in the same way. But it, but you know, if you if you just say, you know what, I'm going to take it for what it is. There are I do enjoy some of them. Some of them that are a little bit more clever. I remember when the Saw one came out and the twists that they would they would present to you, those were groundbreaking for the time. You know, you wanted something that you didn't expect. And I and you know, that's the same for the M. Night Shyamalan movies. You, you know, when he was beginning of his career, it was amazing to see how he could make a twist and that nobody got through the whole movie. So I'm a fan. The sixth sense. Yep was one of the most it was one of the most amazing movies yeah. that i saw because you went through the entire movie yes. and you didn't catch any of the clues of what was actually happening and he did a really good job of showing you clues he you know he wasn't like he gave you one he gave you hundreds of clues for the whole movie i mean i think it was a a really well done movie and it's almost a shame he was he did it too well that he copied himself others copied him and it maybe have just killed that like those twist ending movies but um, i'm always going to be a fan of that yeah well that's one of those ones that you can only watch once and you can't tell your friends that you've seen yeah. it because you can't tell in the end <laughs> absolutely it's a, so what is your favorite horror movie of all time mm, oh my gosh um you know i I always, and I know that, you know, Stephen King would wrap me on the knuckles if he said, if he heard me say this, but uh, the, the Stanley Kubrick movie, The Shining is always really one of my favorites. Here's Johnny. Yeah. I mean, it's visually so freaky and stunning at the same time. And he puts so much hidden information in there that really, like if you, every time you watch it, you see something new and it's overload really about what he's telling you or hiding from you or, or trying to explain or infer. Um, I think it's an incredible masterpiece of filmmaking that wasn't even, you know, received very well when it came out. No, it's grown over time. It's, it's yeah. become a, a cult classic. Uh, Nathan, are you into uh, horror movies at all? I fell asleep during Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Little uh, fun fact. <laughs> I think I'm worried about you, Nathan. If you're falling asleep during those things, I'm worried about what you're doing in your uh, free time. 
But one thing that always gets me is like demonic possession type movies, like oh, The yeah. Exorcist. Oh yes, those are real. Yeah, I'd say that's a. I mean, Texas for- Chainsaw Massacre was a real incident too, but I mean yeah. that's something that really gets to me. The Exorcist is amazing. I remember the, um, I remember when I first saw it, which uh, I saw it as a drive-in at five years old, believe it or not. My parents took me to a doubleheader, and I watched that and a Disney movie called The Rescuers. And it, and, <laughs> you, you are know, kidding me. Yeah, that's what parents did back there in the 70s and 80s. You know, they just took you to whatever they were watching, and that happened to be The Exorcist. So, But then I found out later that, you know, it was based off a, a true story, which was scary to me even more. And I... I've heard, and maybe I'm not, maybe I'm a little wrong, but I heard that, you know, the actual person who was possessed had a waterbed and the first scene in their life that they remember being possessed was pushed onto their waterbed. And I remember at the time I was uh, five-year-old and I had a waterbed. So the connection was frightening that I had a waterbed. I just saw the exorcist and I was wondering, okay, what does this world mean now? And I have to point this out for those of you that are not, you know, like a little younger that may be listening to this show, there used to be a bed that was full of water and then it had a heater underneath it. And, and then you would sleep on a wave of water. They don't even make them anymore. I don't know why I loved my water bed until it kind of, they do make them, but they're not as good as the, like my son actually bought one. We won on Craigslist and he wanted to experience the, he's like a big eighties guy. Now he's like a little, you know, he collects the VHSs and the cassette tapes and he, we got, we found him on Craigslist in an old waterbed. And it's probably the best thing that's ever happened to him. He cranks that thing up to 90 degrees in dead of winter and sweats while we're all freezing. So he's living the life with a waterbed, a little throwback. Yeah, I, I didn't know that they're, because they, they, I don't think they're being um, uh, manufactured now. I, you think can they, get I think they still manufacture them, but they're the waveless kind that, you know, there aren't the full pockets of water like they used to have in the 70s and 80s. Oh, you know, you had to have the full motion, yeah. especially yeah. if you were, well, I can't go there. Never mind. Don't, don't um, even, nope. That's a, that's a whole different thing. So, <laughs> so, so um, Nathan, was that, was, um, uh, did you see the exorcist of course it was a long time ago but i remember it really giving me nightmares for quite a while i i I remember that uh and i said this yesterday that uh um at school lunch the next day they were serving uh, pea soup and uh nobody nobody had the uh, pea soup because that's what she was um when she was throwing up that's what she was throwing up was pea soup yeah but in, but in any event, by the way, we're talking with Jerry Roth. If you want to go find out more about him, Jerry, how do they find out more about you? Hey, come to my website, jerryrothauthor.com, or check out my new book on Amazon. Or if you're really uh, up for something new, go to my publisher, Bridget's Gate Press, and check out. You know, I even saw that they, my publisher put on some awesome merch. They got a T-shirts of my new cover on there. So you, you can get get a shirt with my you know a book cover on there or a pillow. I don't know if, why you'd want a pillow. I want a pillow of my cover, but maybe you'd want one too. So yeah, check me out. So what is the difference between having a publisher like this mm-hmm. and self-publishing like through Amazon? What what would you recommend somebody do? Oh, you know, uh, I you know it's. It's all about patience to me with for a writer. I think reason why a lot of people are self-publishing, not always. Some people like 
they want the total control of being a self-published person. Um, and, but it also comes down to patience. You can do everything yourself right away. You can put it out there within a month if you want to. But I, I always feel like I want, I enjoy uh, the support of a team around me and they, you know, they, they help me, you know, get the book polished perfectly and give me great interviews like, like somebody like yourself. We know that's interesting that uh, because a publisher will help you. And as an example, how many podcasts and or radio shows have you done this week? I've probably done six so far. And, uh, you know, my schedule is filling up fast for November. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's the other thing. They're they're very helpful in getting me all these spots. And, you know, by an edge, you wouldn't probably know it, but I'm a pretty shy guy. So I don't want to come out and ask for, you know, interviews or talk to people. And I begrudgingly go out to book events. So it's good to have somebody a little behind you pushing you say, come on, get out there, meet the people. Well, you got to get out there because you got to yeah. market it, right? You do. You do. And if you don't market the book, nobody's going to hear about it. And, uh, you know, the, one of the statistics that I've, that I've been told a lot is that a new book that comes out, generally speaking, the only sells a couple hundred copies. Yeah, I fear that. A lot. I hear that a lot. I mean, you know, I, I always say to people, unless you're one of the big, you know, unless you're, you know, Stephen King or Dean Arcoons or, you know, Anne Rice when she was alive, you know, you're they're they're going to get those immediate, you know, thousands and millions of sales. But for most people, it's a it's a grind. You start out with your release and you're, you're building a, a fan base for it over the whole course of a year until your next book comes out. Now, do you get fan mail? Um, you know, it, in this world that we live in now, it's all digital, but I get a digital fan mail. You know, I'll get people who will drop into my DMs or IM me or email me and say how much they enjoy the book. Um, but that, I think that's where the world is going now. Now, you you know, um, if I put out a newsletter, somebody will, will make a comment and talk to me. So it's a it's a different it's a different environment we live in now. So what's it, what are you, what's rattling around in your head for another topic that you're going to write a book about? Um, I you know I I want to do a gothic thing. Um, I'm thinking about doing some fantasy, but I thought about a supernatural villain who um, who has powers with fire. You know, I I won't still Firestarter. That's already been done, but I. I have a, a little idea of my sleeve that I'm excited about working on. Well, good for you. So it's going to be a superhuman individual who, who burns people up for fun. Oh, man, you could cut right to it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need a book. I just need a pamphlet. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jot that down. <laughs> that, that's right the, the the name of the book is uh crispy critter <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> 12 herbs and spices the exact, exact. how many spices are in kentucky fried chicken exactly by the way did you catch the show on netflix about uh jeffrey dahmer i saw the first episode so far and it was very 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 creepy he I was he was a creepy dude man and I think he's from Ohio, which is my home state. Every serial killer seems to come out of Ohio, and I'm getting very nervous. Wasn't the Unabomber from Ohio as well? That's a good question. Uh, Nathan, do you know that? Uh, Google's right at my fingertips. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, see, and that's, that's why, you see, Nathan um, comes across as being very, very, very learned. 
but it actually is because he's got Google at his fingertips. But he's also very smart. Yeah, we didn't have that. We just had the libraries in our day. I know. Then I had when I was in grade school. Now this is predates both of you by a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, there used to be something that called an encyclopedia, <laughs> and there was a whole row of books and it would be like a and then a and b and then b and c would be the different and you'd go pick a book and then you would read mm-hmm. about the, the, the various things within the encyclopedia well here's how old i am i remember my parents when you go to the grocery store they would every week they would sell a different volume of it and you could if you had certain kind of things that you would buy as specials you would get one so, but usually the specials went in before you got all the way to Z. You'd be somewhere in the neighborhood of G, and then you'd be like, ah, oh, I didn't get the rest of them. Do you know there used to be actually a sales guy, and he was an encyclopedia salesperson? I've heard and He would guy. go door to door selling encyclopedias. Oh, Nathan, where's it? Where was Unabomber born? In Chicago. Mm. Pretty was, close to was- Ohio, though. Oh, but I thought he was when he when he didn't he have um he probably could have moved there at one point. Yeah, I think uh, he did. But it just says right here, that's all I'm finding right now is he was born in Chicago. Okay. Cuz yeah, I think he has was it him or somebody else who had exotic animals that when he he passed away by his own hand, um he let all of his animals free on his land. It was like exotic tigers and lions and I I've always heard that story. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm getting confused by another villain. There are so many, by the way, um, that uh, now have you ever thought about doing a um, a horror novel that that has got a, a hero attached to it who is who ultimately defeats the 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 dark side? Um, yeah, I mean, well, I guess what what I what I have done with my second one, I guess I wouldn't call it a horror, but it's a thriller with some elements of horror in there. It's called on the tip of her tongue. And um, I wanted to do a different kind of story that had to do with a vampire. I can't tell you what kind of vampire this is, but um, the victim is a young girl who's a writer herself who, um, who let's just say she loses her memory. And I'm going to, that's all I'm going to say about, um, how her memory is gone, but uh, yeah, she kind of takes over. Uh, she kind of takes over and, and defeats the villain in this one. Oh, good. By the way, we're talking with Jerry Roth. Get the book, Throwing Shadows, a dark collection. And I'm, I've got about a minute and a half left, and I want to give you the opportunity to talk to our audience and tell them anything that you'd like them to know. You got about 60 seconds, so go, boy, go. Okay. Thank you for uh, watching the show. I'm so happy to meet everybody here. Hopefully I can come on again. If you're ready to buy my book, please go to Amazon or my website, jerryrothauthor.com. And uh, I hope to give you a scare this year. <laughs> that would be that would be fun. You could just go to his house and that could scare him. Yeah, we'll do it too. <laughs> and uh, so it's it's awesome. So you're, uh, um, they can get it from the website. They can get it from Amazon. They can also get it from your publisher. Who and your publisher again is? Bridget's Gate Press. Yep, absolutely. Any which way you want to get it, grab one and let me know what you think. Nathan, anything? Any last closing thoughts that you would have, sir? Just happy Halloween, everybody. 
That's right. Halloween's coming up. And remember, make sure that you're checking the candy that your kids come home with and make sure everything's wrapped up in their original wrapper and uh, and all of that. And you you guys know how to keep your kids safe. Uh, but uh, make sure make sure you do that so that you don't ever have a problem with because uh, there is some stuff out there that you don't want them to get a hold of. So be safe, have a good time on Halloween. Make sure they've got lots of lights and it's going to probably be raining on Halloween, which it always does here for some reason, but that's life. Hey, by the way, thank you, uh, Nathan. Thank you, Jerry. Have a great day, everybody. And be kind to one another because each other's all we got. 